Michael, I believe there's good news about uh, how our major hotels have been able to operate over the Easter period. Uh, that's right, Graham. We've um, we've certainly seen uh, demand increase, um, and uh, and and if you look at the major major cities of, and, and gateways of of Sydney and Melbourne, uh, it's great to see we're up in the over sixty percent now uh, occupancy, um, which is fantastic. So we've been watching occupancies grow week on week since late January, early February, uh, when the Omicron variant sort of started to peter out a bit and we, we started to see more uh, more movement in occupancies. And week on week, we're just seeing demand increase. The, 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 probably the, the, uh, the issue that's, that might be holding us back is that, you know, we're still uh, experiencing labour shortages. And so hotels, I have to say, could even have done better but they've had to hold back due to due to labour shortages. So I've really had to lock some rooms off, have they? Yeah, they have. So, That's a shame. You know, you know. So I think we would certainly see them see them uh, doing better. Uh, but if you go around the around the uh, around the country, uh, you know, you can see the likes of Gold Coast sitting up at about seventy eight percent. Cairns very similar. Uh, even the likes of, of Adelaide sitting up in the 80s and the same with Hobart. So, look, it's great to see Australians have really supported and, and have had just, I think, so much pent-up demand. I think the summer holidays were disrupted due to COVID and this Easter holiday break has been something quite substantial to our industry right around the country. Right. So would you expect that the moves by Victoria and New South Wales to remove the vaccination mandate, would you think that would then result in a bit of a, a further peak in the hotels in those cities, those states? We definitely know that the close contact rule is, uh, has exacerbated the labour shortage, but it's not going to take the labour shortage away, but it will assist hotels in New South Wales and Victoria by, by having staff that are close contacts being able to take a rat test that they're, they're without symptoms uh, and they're negative in the rat test that they can actually go to work even if it's with a mask. And right. I know that will certainly assist. And and yes, you're right, but uh, it's, it's going to definitely help. And, and it, it will probably allow a little bit more continuity as well that unless you've actually caught COVID, you're still highly likely going to be able to go to work, which is great. Yeah, now that, that's great. I, I don't want to get political, but I thought the federal government had arranged for these students and foreign workers eligible uh, to be coming in at a rate of knots. What, is, has something happened there to uh, slow that down? Well, look, the federal government put incentives in place, as we know, and, uh, and certainly the visas are being issued, but we're still seeing uh, a fairly slow response to, uh, to working holiday makers coming back since last sort of December 15, we've had you know somewhere around that sort of 16 to 20,000 working holiday makers come back into the country. Right. But normally this time of year, you know, we're probably still you know almost 100,000 working holiday makers still down. So right. we're still a long way down from working holiday makers. And international students, look, we've had you know up around. That sort of high 60s, maybe even a little bit more, might be up in the 80,000 international students return. Yes. But that's but that's of about 330,000 that we lost. Right, so, so long way to go. So you've still got a long way to go. Um, we're working with government. They've, they've, they're certainly 
uh, been helpful with keeping the, the caps off um, on those international students so that they are allowed to work 40 hours a week. And we're, we're very hopeful that that's maintained for some time to come. Um, and we're also looking at, you know, other ways and means um, of getting more working holiday makers. And we've heard the government announce that they've gone to additional countries now. They've also lift, lifted the caps on respective countries to allow more working holiday makers uh, have access to come to Australia. Right. So, you know, there's certainly these things happening, but we're in a very competitive place, Graham, as you know. You know, we're, we're competing in the in the world arena for these working holiday makers and international students. And so I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a slow burn back to uh, to full full staffing for our now, Do you think we are, have we dropped any places on the uh, livability or the attractiveness uh, uh, index? Uh, where, where are we sitting? Obviously, America's a problem with the way their COVID is still going. Yeah, correct. Although, interestingly, America have just lifted the bans on, on travelling to Australia. So that may help us in some regards. So we're no longer a, a no-go zone for the right. US, which is good. But we've, we've also got the likes of, uh, even for the international students, the likes of Canada that are, you know, reducing the time frame to get a degree, uh, things like this, making it more attractive for wow. international students to go and study there. So, yeah, there's a number of things that uh, uh, are certainly uh, going against us. And I think as well, time of year now, yeah, because uh, you're sort of in that, you know, we've started the year now, so, you know, we'll definitely see, I think, more come in the latter part of the year and particularly early uh, in, in 2023, but I think this is going to be a difficult year. Right, fair enough. And what about the China factor, uh, Michael? Is that uh, going to be mended any time soon? Well, again, uh, we have to take into account that China uh, has been our, our biggest uh, performing um, inbound market for, for well, they, they took it on in 2018-19. They became number one with 1.4 million. Um, now, there was a good proponent of that that was international students as well. So, interestingly, um, you know, that's that's not going to return anytime soon. And with the geopolitical situation, I'd suggest, yeah, that China will be very slow to return to our shores. But mm. I still think... We are seeing some students come back from China, so it's not—it's definitely not a, a no-no. Um, and whilst they have the zero COVID rule, it's going to be slow. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they change their rulings on COVID, uh, and we might—you know—we might see things change. But at this stage, yes, it's very much. I think it's going to be very, very slow. Right, and you don't think we'll hear in, uh, much more or any more from the politicians until the election? Well, I think I think on the on the international fronts, it's interesting because whilst China's not there, we, we can start seeing other countries certainly uh, lift uh, India, and in, in particular with the new agreements that have been put in place with India. So, um, you know, I mean, I think we will see some things happen. But you're right. You know, at the moment, it's critical that migration, skilled migration, and uh, working holiday makers and international uh, students are are high on the list to, to get them in as quickly as we can so that we can we can lift the productivity of our industry. Uh, but it, And look, I have to say, it's not only our industry, it's, it is quite widespread across industry, but mm. definitely our industry is uh, is capping and, and, uh, and that's knocking productivity and profitability for those international and domestic investors that have, uh, that have invested in our industry and, and yet we're not able to 
to actually give them ultimately the returns that they deserve because we can't staff the situation. Yeah, understand. Now, in that list you mentioned before of the of the capitals, you didn't mention Perth. Has it been affected by the fact that they've had such a lockdown? Well, interestingly enough, can I tell you, Perth is actually trading uh, above nine, 2019 results for that uh, for that period of time. So is that right? It, it's actually uh, it's actually starting to, to perform as well. And if if I look at the last 28 days, yes, it, it is it is down in occupancy, but it's up in rate. It's still sitting up in the 60s, uh, 65.7. Against 2019, 73.8. Right. Now, that's that's for trading 28 days. If you go to the week uh, ending sort of Easter, Perth was sitting at 66.3% occupancy against uh, an occupancy in 2019 of 65.3. So right. Perth's, actually, Perth's actually coming back uh, quite well, which is good. Yeah, so 2019 is sort of our new baseline now, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It's, okay. And uh, and like I said, yes, it's, it's it's great to see that, you know, because our international arrivals, yes, they're coming in, but it's a lot of VFR still, not a lot of tourism as yet. Right. And, and uh, but but what we are seeing is exactly that is that Australians are, are really uh, have got out and about at during this holiday period, uh, and I think that's been a great thing. And do you think, Michael, that we'll need to incent them to do the same thing for, say, the September holiday period? Look, I, I, I'm fairly confident that domestic is going to be our saviour this year. So I would still see heavily supported domestic travel in the September holidays. And I think it'll be more towards 2023 that we start to see Australians really start heading overseas. Oh, well, that's that's good news. I thank mm. you for your time, Michael. It's been good to talk to you again. Always good to talk to you, Graham.